Good evening. Today is April 22nd, 2021, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Bill's story, and my name is Kelly. Um, awesome. So let's get into it. Okay. Um, so I guess how, how I, um, I mean, I'll just start, I'll start off with the numbers just so it's helpful, but, um, my highest weight was 225. Um, I'm about 60 pounds down from that. Um, and I've been up and down and there's a lot of things in Bill's story <laughs> that, um, uh, explain my illness, um, as a compulsive overeater. Um, and the first part that I really love, um, is that I was very lonely and again, turned to alcohol. And I love how, and my sponsor always points this out to me. Um, you know how it's, it doesn't say I was very hungry. Um, so I turned to food. It was, you know, I was, I was, I felt alone in the world. I felt like people didn't understand me. Um, so I turned to food. Um, and, um, you know, um, my talent for leadership, I imagine would place me ahead of the vast enterprises, which I would manage with the utmost assurance. Um, and that's a bit of what I got into early in my career was that, oh, you know, I can do, I could do all this better than everyone else. And that's that, you know, as, as we learn about in Bill's story, um, the drive for success was on, I proved to the world that I was important. And that's something that, um, I definitely did. Um, uh, and then, in, okay. So at one of the finals, I was too drunk to think or write. Um, and this is the way I was with food in college. I mean, I couldn't focus on anything. I, I mean, I remember I was studying for a nutrition final, uh, in college and me and my friend thought it would be good to stay up, uh, till midnight studying the night before. So binge studying, um, and we went to get Haagen-Dazs um, ice cream, uh, you know, the huge ice cream milkshakes. And we thought, oh, this is great. This will keep us up, um, you know, and it was, again, numbing out those feelings of, oh, I don't want to study. Oh, I don't want to do this or whatever. Um, I was numbing it out with food and sugar. Um, and, you know, how it says not yet continuous. So it wasn't continuous. I wasn't having milkshakes constantly. You know, my weight was somewhat manageable, I guess, but um, I wasn't happy and I couldn't concentrate. Um, and then, uh, the men of genius conceive their best projects when drunk. This is what I started using the last few years before I got into recovery, um, that I was coming up with these brilliant artists and creative ideas, um, that I would share with the world. Um, and it's just so funny that that's in this story because, um, you know, uh, I thought, oh, well, the, if, if the sugar's helping me be creative, why would I stop? Um, and then uh, business and financial leaders were my heroes. Um, I definitely got in the habit of that uh, where I thought uh, these people were the greatest things in the world and I was putting them in a position of God's position. Um, I mean, I put business leaders there. I put my parents there. I put friends there. Um, you know, there was like a rotating section of who was God that week for me and who was I going to listen to? Um, and I had no opinion on anything. I just, I just blindly followed people. Um, um, and let's go on to page three. Okay. 
Um, and then this is what, so I, you know, I, I lived in New York um, and grew up there and uh, went to college upstate New York. And then I moved out to California thinking that um, moving to California would solve my problems. Um, and that's what I love about this part. Um, you know, drinks started to take an important and exhilarating part in my life. Um, so food started to take an important and exhilarating part in my life where I was now, now I was even more alone because I was away from my friends and family. Um, and I, I thought, well, if I just have this, if I just have this job, if I just have this, like everything will be okay. But the loneliness got to me and my best friend was food. My best friend was um, the delivery apps sending me, you know, uh, pizza and cinnamon buns and brownies and whatnot. Um, and, and I, and I thought everyone was there. A part of my brain thought everyone was doing this. Everyone was having delivery, you know, every other night, uh, sent to their house. Um, you know, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Um, cause sugar is all I knew. Um, and then uh, my drinking assumed more serious proportions, continuing all day and almost every night. Um, the remonstrance of my friends terminated in a row and I became a lone wolf. So probably about six months up until I came back to OA in August, 2018, I was binging five days a week. I couldn't even restrict anymore. My weight just started going up. You know, I think I had restricted down to 160. And then by the time I got to program, I was 200 again because I just binged that summer. Um, so it became very serious. It was all day and all night. Um, and I actually remember, um, I had one friend that was pretty consistent in my life. And then um, one, of the, one of the binge weeks, I felt like I gained 10 pounds. So I, so I wouldn't see him. And he thought I, I was mad at him for something. Meanwhile, I didn't want him to see that I gained 10 pounds in a week. So I just stopped answering the phone and he called me 15 times and I didn't answer any of the calls. I was in serious isolation and I became a lone wolf. I mean, that was, that was probably one of, I mean, there was a few drivers <laughs> towards the end before I got to program. Um, but that was one of the drivers where I was like, wow, I just killed off my last friend that was there for me so that I could continue to hide this food addiction or I mean, hide addiction, you know? <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, I really relate to that part. Um, um okay. and then on page five, um, you know, this is where we're, we just continue to talk about the insanity of continuing to eat in periods of control. And for, you know, I still thought I can control the situation and there were periods of sobriety, which renewed my wife's hope. So I think I would renew my friend's hope over the years, um, but it was always periods and, I, and it was never peaceful. It was like, oh, I was on a vegan diet for two weeks. Oh, I was on, you know, uh, only meat, uh, no, no vegetables, no, um, no carbs. Um, I mean, I, I went through every type of diet up and down, uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm spiritually fit, but like you know, like the fake kind, um, you know, for 30 days, I'm feeling great or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm spiraling back into sugar and flour. And then, you know, um, at one point I, I would have like a month where, you know, and then I would only binge every two, two days a month. And then we'd work it off in a, in like a 16 mile training session. Um, 
uh, I like to say like I did my two, I did two marathons in one year. Um, so I would do, I would have a binge and then I would plan it the day before I was going to run mileage so that I could burn it off. Um, and then I wouldn't eat much that day so that I could keep it off. I mean, it was just, it was insanity. Um, and then, uh, then I went on a prestigious bender and that chance vanished. Um, I mean, I constantly was going on benders. I mean, friends would invite me to events and I would say yes. And then that night I would just not show up because that day I had binged earlier in the day. And I'm like, well, now I can't go because now I'm gassy. Now I smell and I just can't show up for this. I mean, no one wants me there. Like I, oh, my face is bloated. And now I'm, I can't show up to events because I keep going on vendors. Um, and then uh, let's see, we'll go on to page six. Um, yeah, the, um, and then I, I, lo I love in Bill's story. That, okay, so the remorse, horror, and hopelessness of the next morning are unforgettable. The courage to do battle was not there. And this is when um, I found my current sponsor. So I had two years in program where, um, you know, I was just kind of, I, I, was, I was doing the steps, but not really, not, not admitting my powerless note, powerlessness over sugar and flour um, and not conceding to my innermost self that I was a compulsive overeater. You know, I was trying to do everything else, but be that. Um, and uh, I think it was October 14th or 15th where, you know, I had seen a woman that had um, happiness and recovery um, and seemed to be living the principles in her life and had a really big life. Um, and I was like, I, at that point I had given up the courage to do battle. It just wasn't there. I like, I, I didn't, I didn't really care. I, I was like, I, I just need to get better because I can't, I can't fight. I can't fight these cravings. They're too powerful. And, you know, I, I found out that, you know, I'm biologically compulsed when they go into my body. Um, but before I knew that, I just didn't understand why I couldn't stop. Um, Holly, that's 10 minutes. Oh, that's 10 minutes. I just wanted to let you know yeah keep going. Oh, wow okay at least another five <laughs> okay let's speed it up <laughs> can you tell this is like my first time sharing on the big book um okay well um yeah let's skip we'll skip to the good part um Okay, so I talked a lot about what it was like, um, what happened, and what it's like now, um, what it is like now. So I, um, you know, like Bill, uh, you know, I had my Ebby, which was my sponsor, and we, you know, we worked the big book in three months, and we worked through it thoroughly and um, promptly, and um, you know, it. it she, she saved my, I mean, she saved my life. Um, and I mean, I, I believe she was sent to me from God. And she, then she introduced me to all of you guys um, who have been lanterns on my path, as she likes to say. And, um, and, and I've had a complete psychic change. I mean, at step three, um, you know, I had a seething resentment against my mom the last few years, and I didn't think I was going to let it go. You know, at step one, she, she was like, you know, this relate this program is about relationships. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just kind of, but then by the time I got to three, I heard this podcast and all of a sudden it melted. I mean, that's the power of these steps. 
um, you know, I, I know a new freedom and I've been launched into the fourth dimension um, because things just don't bother me the way that they used to. Um, I've ceased fighting everyone and anything. Um, and, you know, um, my, my company wanted to fire me two years ago and then I got a promotion in December, you know, two months into the recovery, um, you know, right after I finished the 12th step, um, I met my current boyfriend and it's a very loving, nurturing and like healthy relationship, which I never expected to have. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten so many gifts out of this. Um, and I love, um, being able to share and, um, and have outreach calls and share my experience. And I can't wait. I haven't gotten to sponsor again yet because I did have a lapse 40 days ago. Um, but luckily I'm 40 days uh, clean and sober off of sugar and flour now. So hopefully I'll, I'll get to pass on the message in the form of sponsorship soon. But um, for now I get to do all the other things, which is fun. And I get to do a lot of outreach calls and, uh, um, and, and, I, and I really like, we'll, we'll end with faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And I think it's just a sobering fact that um, if, if I'm not leaning on God, you know, I, I'm going to perish. Um, and, uh, and I do remember that. I, I remember that throughout the days that there's a, there's a really deep purpose for this work. So yeah, thanks for letting me share. <laughs> Oh, it's still me. Okay. Uh, we'll now open for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, uh, sharing should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. Um, if you'd like to share, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on your phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Um, would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? Who would like to share? Uh, Elena. Hi, everybody. I'm Elena, compulsive eater and restrictor. Um, really great to be here. Kelly, you have such courage and, and thank you so much for your share. I related to everything from the marathons, the, I mean, you name it, the college experience. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm happy to hear that I'm not alone. Um, the, one of the first things you said was I was lonely and I turned to food. Um, I was fill in the blank, happy, lonely, tired, and I turned to food. Um, but one of the things that I realized was when I'm really in my people pleasing, um, I turn to food. And it's typically when I don't want to do something. And I think there was somewhere in the big book that said, or when a big engagement needed to be kept or something along those lines, like, I noticed that I do that. And one thing that I do is I say yes when I'm really a no. And I really have to get out of that habit of doing that because even though I'm not turning to food now, now I'm turning to these behaviors that, you know, that put me in this like shame cycle. So, you know, for instance, today I was, it was my dad's birthday and um, my grandmother's really sick and my dad's recovering from surgery. So I've been like, going back and forth between the two homes, just helping and doing whatever I can. And I was just cooking all day and just really thinking that I'm being of service um, and like doing these great things. Um, but like you said, if, I, um, if I'm not leaning on God, I will perish. Did I stop at any point throughout the day? 
and see if this is what I should be doing or just check in with God. And I'm just like trying to make my phone calls and get everything done. And then what did I do tonight? I completely exploded on my four-year-old son, like in front of my parents, in front of my sister. He was so embarrassed. I like feel so much shame right now. Um, and it's because I was going, going, going. I didn't check in with God. And I was being a yes all day when I really should have been a no. So I can turn to food. Like typically when I'm at my parents' house, I would have been like eating my face off. Um, but thank God I'm not doing that. But I still, you know, need to do a lot of work and maybe I'll do something tonight. But um, but I just wanted to um, say thank you because I never even thought of it that way about, you know, when you feel a certain way. I thought it was just when I'm lonely or tired, but like when I'm people pleasing, I definitely turn to food. Um, so thank you for that, Kelly. And I pass. Awesome. Uh, Mia? Hey, Kelly. Hi, everybody. Um, Kelly, thank you so much for your share. Um, I, I, I loved it. Um, you know, I, I related a lot to, um, you know, being a lone wolf in the serious isolation. I've definitely have been there. And, um, you know, there were definitely times where, um, I did not have the courage to do battle because I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to be fat for the rest of my life and I'm going to die. That's just, you know, it's just the way it is. I'm reconciled. And, you know, um, and then fortunately, you know, that, that changed and I'm grateful for that. But, um, what struck me most was when you said that this program is about relationships. And I was actually talking um, with my sponsor about that earlier, about relationships. And um, and um, you said that you heard a podcast that made a difference. And I'm like, okay, which podcast? Can you remember what that was? Um, and would you be willing to share that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll find it. it. It was a third step. Yeah, there's a third step. Um, I feel like it might've been Lori, but I'll, I'll double check, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll thank share. You. Thanks. Uh, Amy. Hey, everybody. Amy B. Very grateful. Recovered compulsive overeater in the Mid Hudson Valley. Thank you, everybody who is here tonight. Thank you, everybody who's given service. Thank you, Kelly, for um, really just like it's going to sound weird. You the the way you went through Bill's story. I could have believed it was your story. And I know that Bill, like I know for me, like when I read it, I couldn't think of anything further from the truth. And, you know, like, and as you're going through, again, pointing out just how it doesn't have to look the same to feel the same. Um, one of the things that you said that I wrote down when you said, I just killed off my last friendship. I, um, yeah isolation. I, I'm thinking about a particular friend who I had to go back to multiple times and say, I know I disappeared. I know I just dropped off the face. It has nothing to do with you. It had to do with me. I had gained so much weight so fast and I was so ashamed and I didn't want to look you in the face. And I knew that you would love me anyway, but I had no love for me. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't, Maybe I couldn't be loved. I don't know. But to think about the one friend who over and over again, I apologized to for disappearing and then disappeared again because I had no, I had no, I had only my ego. I had only my need to, to show them how important or together I was. 
Um, and the truth is without, on my own, I'm not together, no matter how I present. And um, I'm really grateful for this chapter um, for showing me that I did not have to stick with my preconceived notions of a higher power that I, that it was, you know, that I wasn't the only one who bristled at the idea of a, of a God personal to me at first. And uh, to know that <clears throat> I could be someone who bristled at the idea and then grow to be someone who, who is, you know, just grateful for the direction of, of divine love, of, of higher ideals. And that's, and that's how I'm conceiving of a higher power now. And I'm just real grateful for, uh, for uh, just the community and the connection. And, and Kelly, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for your service tonight. I pass. Thanks, Amy. Arlene? Hi, uh, my name is Arlene. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, I just loved what you shared. I mean, of course, anytime anyone mentions ice cream, you know, that was my drug of choice. But, um, but the whole idea of the isolation, like you made, you brought me back to think about all these different events or parties or con that I wouldn't go to because I was so ashamed of how I looked that feeling of less than all the time, all the time, it just robbed me. And it says that in the book, it robbed me of, you know, these unbelievable opportunities that disease for me, yes, of course it was food, but of self-loathing was just so deep, so horrible and, um, and it's just really, really, really sad. And then there are moments that it um, is with me. So for example, my daughter's getting married next month. And um, so I'm gonna see her dad. And since we're such a small group, I can share this, but he once told me that um, he wasn't attracted to me. And it was just like one of the most horrible things that's ever happened to me in my life. I, I know it sounds a little crazy, but it was true. It's it went right through me. And that there's like this part of me that still feels it. And I, I'm afraid to, not afraid, but I guess it is fear because I have really worked hard on the resentment. Um, but knowing that I don't have to go through this alone. I mean, I just shared this. I mean, I know a few of you, but most of you are strangers, you know, and yet I feel safer with you guys than I do with some of my closest friends. And that was the other thing when you talked about friendships. I used to freaking be like a steamroller. If you didn't do it my way, I would roll right over you and on to the next person. And then Years later, I had to make some amends, but there were definitely friendships that I lost. They didn't want to have anything to do with me. And I'm incredibly grateful that I'm a very different person today. 
that you can be and do and say what you want, when you want, and, um, and it's okay. You know, you don't have to like me, um, but I will love you. And I hear that all the time in meetings. And now I just need that help at moments to just keep on loving me too. So my time is up, thanks. Thanks, Eileen. Uh, Jackie B from the Bronx. Hi, I'm Jackie uh, B from the Bronx. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, I got a good 30 years on you. And um, it's amazing how, you know, I don't, I don't look it, but um, that's recovery. No. Um, so, you know, the point is I totally identify. I remember now my husband of 24 years when he was my boyfriend um, and picking fights so he would leave the house so that I could eat the ice cream, you know, hiding in the back of the freezer or um, getting in a car and not facing him because I had a bunch of Tootsie Rolls in my mouth or, you know, um, or as a kid, you know, being in camp and my sister being in camp two years younger and running through the bushes, through the camp, through the camp. So I get to her bunk so I can have her candy and then fight for her with the, with the um, counselor. Why didn't she get her candy? Because I'm the one who stole it. Her sister, her own sister stole the candy. And then I'm fighting, you know, a good fight to get her candy. You know, come on. You know, there was nothing I would do not do to get my fix. Um, and yet, and even in this program, you know, uh, I remember having long-term abstinence and then breaking it just so that um, I could get away with, you know, um, lying, you know, um, picking up organic food, you know? And I remember first I was, you know, I tried to do plant-based. I was thinking, wow, maybe if I do plant-based food, I would lose more weight. You know, come on. I could eat anything that's dry, nutty, whatever, organically and abuse it. You know, there's no lettuce on this earth I could not abuse if left to my own devices. You know, the bottom line is I still had to take me with me. And if I've got me with me, I still have a compulsive or obsessive ahead. Even today, I mean, I've given over 180 pounds. I've absent in four and a half years. And still today was a struggle with food because I was anxious. And even though I ate abstinent meals, I was anxious until I got on this meeting tonight. I don't know why. But if I, and I also did my inventory. And with that broke the cycle where now I'm not even worried about, you know, my metabolic tonight. I'm not, I'm knitting tonight. I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? It lifted. Why did it lift? Because I don't know. Because I was willing to wait for the miracle. And I guess Kelly B had to be the miracle today to say her experience, strength and hope and everybody else that, you know what? You could have as much recovery as you have and still be a compulsive eater that second, that moment. The only difference is, is 
are we willing to wait for that miracle? And that I was willing. And that's the experience, strength and hope. As long as we keep working this program, thank you. We are willing to grow. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, Stacy, would you like to share? I got on the meeting late, so I didn't need to apologize. I'm going to go back and look. I couldn't find the link. I was in another meeting, actually. Um, just hearing everyone shares give, gives me strength again. Um, I, this is my first meeting this week. I was on last week. So um, just coming off a relapse and everything, I'm trying to figure out a lot of my stuff again, what I need to remain abstinent and what I can eat. Uh, yesterday, I actually looked at all my foods again, the red light, green light, and wait, yeah, the red, yellow, and green light foods, I guess, you know, and sitting there doing it, I didn't binge after. I just literally sat and cried. And I think that was actually one of the hardest things I had to do because I've been putting it off for two weeks, actually. And it was just as hard as going through a divorce, I have to say. And it's like facing your fears. But I think really, once you start facing that, you can kind of start facing recovery. I really have to say, like, once you really look at all your trigger foods and your behaviors, you can really start seeing what abstinent means to you because everyone has a different form of abstinence. And that's what I'm really coming to. And I'm really starting to see what my abstinence really has to be to be recovered or what I'm going to see for myself for like the rest of my life, what I need to be okay with. And that's what I did today for the first time. I actually just hearing on this meeting, like, oh, I think it was just Miss Jackie who just spoke. And I'm like, wait, I didn't do my behaviors today. I didn't do this today at all. I might've had a little more I don't know if I'm allowed to say this gum today, but I didn't do my other behaviors that I would have normally done. And I was like, oh my God. So I think I have like really one day in the book. I think I'm totally one day abstinent. I think I actually am just saying that, really just saying this for the first time, thinking I didn't do anything today. And I was just looking at someone who I'm just kind of surrounding my food over to right now. And just really thinking, I didn't do anything today. And I sat with a meal plan someone kind of gave me a long time ago. And yeah, so, I mean, maybe tomorrow I might slip up a little bit, but I didn't do anything today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. It's hard work, but I also realized it's 20 years of saying goodbye. It's like, mourning the loss of a family member. So I don't know, but I don't know, but it's one day at a time. So I haven't let the, I haven't let go away yet. And I'm not going to, no matter what, you know, I'm only five months in, you know, so I'm, I'm a tough case, but you know, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And Kelly, I'm sorry I didn't hear, but I will go back tomorrow morning and listen. So thank you all. And I really appreciate that. And I do have to make some phone calls this weekend to people who I said last weekend, but it's been a busy week. So thank you all. I greatly appreciate these meetings. Thank you all.
Thanks, Stacy. Uh, Kelly, would you like to share? Sure. Hi, Kelly, compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, Kelly. It was so great hearing you tonight. And I and I love the way you did it, as Amy said, like you, you read it and then you shared your personal experience. And I love hearing other people's experiences. You know, we can read the text, but it's like, I love the examples that you give. And, and I so relate, you know, it's like the, I mean, the gas, the gas, right? With those binges, it is literally like, it's unlike anything. And, um, you know, there's so many times where I just wouldn't go somewhere because of the binge, or I need to binge right before I went there because I needed that, like that hit. So I gained this confidence and I'm a little drunk and I'm a little tipsy on the food. So I can, I like my personality that way. I like to just like not care at all. And, um, most recently I, I had a work event and, um, I'm in the yachting industry. So on these fancy boats, there's cocktails and hors d'oeuvres and I was in the midst of a binge. And so when I'm binging, it's like, I wanted like a bunch of hors d'oeuvres. So I'd grab like two at a time. And my boss is seeing me eat. Cause one day I'm weighing out lettuce and the next day I'm gorging like these, you know, it's just not really congruent. And, um, it's just, once I get started, it is just out of control. And um, I've related a lot in Bill's story where he says that he has to hide some alcohol by his bed, behind his bed or next to his bed so he doesn't ever run out. And for me too, I just remember like eating all day and then I'm deciding where I'm going to take out for dinner and like hunched over my stomach is killing me. And I'm like finding my keys to go to my car to pick up my takeout. And then as I'm waiting for my takeout, I'll stop by an ice cream store to get my dessert for the dinner that I'm already too sick to eat. And then after that, I want to stop by CVS or Walgreens to get some candy or just something that just different flavors, get different hits, get the comfort with the Italian food, the dessert with the ice cream, the sugar with the can. I mean, this whole, I want this whole magnificent concoction. And I'm just feeling like I just never wanted to run out of supplies. And then if I didn't get rid of all my supplies from the night before, I would start again that morning. So then I start throwing everything out around 1158. So that way it's before midnight. So I can start for, I mean, I have it all on, like I have it to a science. Um, anyway, I'm grateful to be abstinent. It will be, um, it will be over, I don't know, like 18, like who's counting, right? Like just a less than three weeks and more than two weeks. So figure it out. I don't even know, but I'm not counting days, but it's in between there. Um, you know, and so it's hard as hell and I'm doing it. And Jackie B like, I, so, it is such, it's so cool to hear, like, no matter how much time you've had, no matter how much weight you've lost, it's like, today was a hard day for you. And like, that's me too. Like I work from home. I live alone. I'm, intimidated by my job. And it's like, today I was just full of anxious. I just got out of treatment, inpatient treatment for this eating disorder. And now I'm home alone, working from home alone. And I'm like, now what? Like I just got home and, and it's like, okay, lunch is in an hour. So what am I going to do between now and lunch? And then after lunch, it's like, okay, then what am I going to do? It's like, I'm learning. I feel like I'm walking this earth, like a baby giraffe. Like I don't trust myself. Yeah. And, um, so I just, it's, it's unbelievable to hear how you walk through your anxiety, your fear, and that it's literally like, no matter how much time or weight we've had under our belt, I had nine years, like who cares? It doesn't matter. And so, um, That's just really, 
it's really humbling. It's just a nice intimate group here tonight. So thanks for letting me share. Uh, at 8.47 um, Eastern time, we will now stop the recording for